Change is happening. Any thoughts you have about the transformation not being good enough, not being fast enough, that the other guy isn't doing it right, that the whole world is thwarting our efforts to move to the next dimension, I'm here to tell you to practice not believing that voice. Because that voice is fear. And fear is there to tell us that there's something wrong with, oh, everything. Except if it looks exactly like what fear thinks it should look like. Your judgment of your process, of another's process, of the world's process is not for you to believe, but is another 3D delusion for you to bring into full awareness. My name is Antonia, and welcome to The Next Dimension. are here to release pain, to turn density into light, to turn suffering into love. And now I have this master plan, right? Now that I'm not spending all my time avoiding and denying, we're just gonna zap it with consciousness and we're out of here. I wanna bring to light that while this sounds incredibly fantastical, there is a shift in the process of raising consciousness. This really is happening on a wider scale and rather rapidly. And I'm not smart enough or insightful enough to know exactly why, but I can see the what. Historically, we've been winding our way to the light by having to go do the slog. The slog through one, dozens, maybe hundreds of lifetimes. We need to take a repressed emotion, a density, For example, fear that creates the story of greed. And through the lifetimes, through our ancestors, we play out the greed over and over again. Maybe many different ways until we arrive at the end of this gradual unfolding that says, hmm, greed hurts. Hurts you. Hurts me. Not a place I think I want to sit in anymore. The price is too high. Greed is, greed is fear. Oh, wow. I don't want that fear. The damage, the damage is too much. And look how wonderful it is when we sit in the generosity versus greed. Oh, I get it. Generosity instead of greed. Love instead of fear. What a wonderful place to be. I see the light. Literally, we see the light. We bring light into that dark place and off we go to tackle another piece of dark within. Maybe the next lesson brought out by pain will take a few years or a few lifetimes, who knows. So we have this brilliant force, newly available or more available, I would say, since it's always been there. And it is working to raise our frequency, bring in consciousness, bring in love, bring in connection. Now, for our purposes, 
I'm here to bring into focus that there is also a brilliant, somewhat clandestine force that is equally invested in keeping us anchored in this three-dimensional space. Its goal is to keep reminding us that our entire existence is wrapped up in our physical beings, our physical bodies, and that we are under perpetual threat and therefore need to spend most, if not all, of our time protecting ourselves from this threat. And it is very convincing, very determined, and very covert. We don't even know that we are constantly protecting ourselves from a threat. We just live with it. We hum with it, and we're not even aware of it. And it will use equal, if not more, pain to convince us to keep the pain that anchors us in this 3D reality. And this, this system is called ego. And we've been calling it that for, I don't know, a while. Or we call it pain body. I like to call it ego superstructure, just to help keep an eye on all the moving parts within our beings that participate in the endeavor of keeping us firmly glued to the pain of this reality. Those parts would include pain stories in our bodies from childhood, which are there to keep reminding us that the world is mean and scary and we need to keep protecting ourselves from all of the baddies. And there is the ancestral and karmic coding in our electromagnetic bodies and subtle bodies. This can hold the amazing and creative ways we have been, oh, slaughtering or burning or enslaving or pillaging, raping, torturing, neglecting, betraying each other for many thousands of years. And then there is the mind that listens to all of these stored stories. And then there's the nervous system that is ready to jump into fight or flight, freeze or please at the command of any of the above parts. And while I don't think the nervous system is exactly a part of the ego superstructure, I do believe that it is unwittingly complicit. There are the many places that the pain stories are mapped onto our complex beings, mapped onto our emotional bodies, our physical bodies, our energetic bodies. And all of these are constantly trying to remind us that we are either being chased by a bear or could be chased by a bear. And by bear, I'm assuming you understand that a bear to us is anybody who's going to fire us, divorce us, or even look at us the wrong way. So with this bear, we need to be alert all the time. Or we need to know that any stranger or friend, for that matter, could turn into a growling bear at any moment. And it tells us that if we let go of remembering that very vital piece of information, right, that we are under threat all the time, that a bear could launch at us at any moment, that we are putting ourselves in mortal danger if we are not always ready to run from that bear. Unfortunately, the bear is really the possibility of being rejected by absolutely anybody in the tribe or out. And so to let go of the thing that could keep us from the possibility of experiencing that particular nightmare meaning to release ourselves of this alarm bell and these warning signs and this vigilance, well, we are convinced that to do so would mean that we'd be setting our own hair on fire. Throughout history, we have been confronted over and over and over again by the pain that comes from non-cooperation, from lack of empathy, from lack of compassion, from disconnection. We have jumped into and rolled around in the suffering of not seeing the other, of not communicating with kindness. So historically, we have gone in into the pain and we live it. We feel the whiplash of it. 
We feel the heaviness of this emotional experience, the fear we generate in it. We feel the consequences often over and over and over again. And then we make a correction, a connection. And this correction slash connection may be in one lifetime. It may be through generations. It may even be through millennia. But that has always been the process. We go in, we feel the pain, we feel the consequences of it, we feel the heaviness of it, and then we go, oh, something about this is not working, and we make the correction. You see, consciousness just flows. It is the flow of knowing. It is the flow of being. It moves with the intelligence that we feel, we experience as love. It flows. But in here, in this space, in this dimension, where we have been here maybe once, maybe many times, we are here to experience the places where consciousness doesn't flow quite so much, where it is blocked. Consciousness flows until it comes up against that block, that density. I believe consciousness exists there, in the density as exists in everything and and everyone and everything and everyone is a part of it. But it kind of slows down to a sluggish ooze, shall we say. Now, we feel that block, that sluggish ooze here in this dimension as pain. Mental pain, emotional pain, lastly as physical pain. And a block at the energetic level We may not identify as painful, but it plays itself out in pain-seeking ways and behaviors that flow towards chaos versus order or love. So consciousness comes up against these blocks and flow stops or slows down real slow. It stops when it comes up against the chaos in these forms, these forms of pain that exist and are supported by the third dimension. But our journey, whether we recognize it or not, is to try and get consciousness, to get intelligence flowing where it didn't previously flow. We work at getting the energies of pure awareness into our inner sights unseen. We work to let the free-flowing energies of order into the denser, oozier energies of chaos. And in that flow, we are working to bring feelings of connection into our separation. That's what we result in. To bring love into our aloneness. But bringing that love in can be a slog. Or it can feel like a slog. Especially when we have this infrastructure within that is very cleverly trying to tell us to not let go of the pain. To not let that pesky, challenging, confronting, dreamy consciousness Come in there and mess with a good, safe thing. Especially when we could just fall into all that juicy pain avoidance we have lined up for ourselves. All those handy addictions that we could choose to lose ourselves in. Especially these days when we have such a clear look at history that seems to tell us that there is an evolution happening, but boy, we take our time moving through our growth process as we continue to busy ourselves with killing each other with really such little effort, it seems, and busy ourselves with diving into deep wells of rage and hate 
We seem to be taking a rather circuitous route through our evolutionary process. So we have this clear look at history and we get access to what is happening around the world in a second. And it can look like an overwhelming ball of human crap and drivel that we're all throwing up all over ourselves and each other all the time. As a group or as individuals, because as individuals we seem to struggle in creating our own personal change, we can feel trapped in our so-called flaws and painful stories and it can feel so grim. But I'm here to suggest, along with many others, that this so-called trap, this slowness, is loosening. That we may be at a golden age or at the threshold of it. So relative to our dimension, cool things are really going on and very quickly. Because that consciousness that we're trying to bring into our blocked mess, our blocked bits, our dense little wounds, our places of unseeing, it has picked up speed in recent decades, recent years, recent months, and I'm even seeing in recent weeks. It is there more easily, more rapidly for us to bring in and help move through these sticky bits, help us chip away at the thick pain stories we host in our bodies. Now there is an energy, a collective energy, that is available to us to turn that dark into light, that is palpable. Our density in the last many thousand years has been too dense to perform the objective transformation and transcendence at any other pace than what we've been doing. We have been in the dungeon slogging it out, looking at those very special examples of quote-unquote divinity through history, finding little morsels of light and growth in these supreme or sacred single humans that seem to pop up every once in a while over the last many thousands of years. But we have been learning and we have been evolving. And that learning and that evolving historically still has been the creation of love. It is the creation of a lighter space, a more conscious space, a less dense space. It is the creation of order out of chaos it has always been the movement towards another higher dimensional existence. It has always been creation, creativity. Learning that to live in a society that has laws against killing indiscriminately or killing at all is a more beneficial place to be for everyone is a step towards order. Learning that everyone supporting the health of everyone actually supports my health and vice versa, that moves us towards order. Learning that exploiting another for my personal gain creates pain in a world that I participate in and creates feelings of guilt and shame, that another's pain is my pain. Learning that is a step towards order. Creating a social system where we are invested in supporting our fellow humans finding their full potential, that such a system serves us all, that your full potential and my full potential are deeply connected that is creating order out of chaos. That is seeing the other in me. That is the creation of consciousness. That is the creation of love. We have a gazillion examples revealing how we have been creating order out of chaos, love out of pain. But we were the tortoise before, and now we're the hare. If time is really even relevant. We learn to love, right? Greed into generosity. That is the creative process. That is the creation of consciousness. 
But now we have a more direct route. We're turning pain into light. We're just transforming pain into light. We feel the pain. We have the release. We get the aha. But it's at warp speed compared to what most of us have been doing for a millennia, where it would take a long stroll through finding out that if you are not honest with the people you love, your love is limited. Now there are ever-expanding opportunities that allow us to go immediately to the fear and shame that keeps you from allowing yourself to be fully seen and allows us to transmute it, to detox it, almost in a moment. But seeing the fear that keeps us from moving into those conscious spaces is key. There has always been pushback. Historically, there has been an ongoing discussion between order and chaos. And often it looks like chaos wins out. To the so-called good guys, it looks like the so-called bad guys always win or win too much. Or it is tragic that they win it all. But in our tragic human existence, that does not mean that there has not been a collective momentum. Right now, those of us who are feeling that we have lost momentum, that we are sitting in a big pile of chaos and it is about to get worse, I'm saying that this is the pain talking. Whenever we are in pain, our pain tries to tell us that this is it. This is never going to get better. This is never going to go away. And that is the objective of our ego superstructure, of our pain infrastructure, to keep us invested in this pain, to keep it real, to keep it alive, to keep it governing our reality. That very idea that this is never going to change, that things are getting worse, that is our egos or our pain stories or our pain bodies trying to keep the fear alive and well and governing your perceptions. It gathers strength in the notion that we are trapped, stuck, abandoned, doomed. It gathers strength in the idea that it will never change. And we know that is not true. Things always change. In a minute, a day, a week, a lifetime, a hundred lifetimes, the pain always goes because we are always creating. Our creativity historically was in finding our very slow, relatively speaking, way of learning how to turn pain into love, how to turn greed into generosity, for example, how to turn shame into acceptance. It has been a slow walk, or at least it's felt like it. But the creativity, which is consciousness, they are the same. And it is flowing more than ever. It is more available, more abundant. The creativity comes through in a breath versus a life and death. It flows. It is flowing. And with each density we transmute, with each density we lighten, we create easier paths for creative energy to continue to move through. It flows more and more effortlessly through our lovely, dense, heavy, sticky space in this magical multiverse. Our creativity, the creative energy of love, releases those energies that keep us tribal, releases those energies that represent and keep us in the us versus them, that keep us feeling alone and separated. Through thousands of years, we have been, or many of us have been, slowly working towards, which feels like crawling towards, the light. And we haven't even been aware that that is what we are doing. We are in a giant creative laboratory 
that we have signed up to participate in, sometimes over and over and over again, in order to participate, maybe to contribute to the generation of light, of consciousness, of love. And now we are bringing that light into our bodies with greater ease and speed because there are more people who are transmitting that energy. Because for those on the journey, we are raising our frequency. Together, the tide is rising. But that pain that is to be transmuted, to be transformed, needs to float to the surface, needs to come into awareness. I'm asking you to observe your reaction to the tribal stories, the stories of fear as they arise because they are there. They need to be there at the group level, at the city level, at the national level, global level, so that we as a group, as a tribe, can slam into our pain to learn that that is too uncomfortable. And this group, this tribe can do that can more and more at whatever level see its discomfort because you are looking at yourself at the individual level because you are willing to take yourself into your own dark, to own your own dark. You are willing to own absolutely all your expressions of pain, in particular the juicy righteous ones, the ones that tell you you are right and everyone else out there is wrong the expressions of pain that tell you that you are good and they are bad, the ones that tell you that you are doing it right and everyone else is screwing it up, the ones that tell you that you know what you're talking about and everyone else is out of their minds, the ones that tell you you hold the truth and everyone else is living in a lie, or even the opposite one that says, why has everybody else figured this one out and I don't know what the hell I'm doing? That, I suggest, is all your pain. And that is a big, juicy pain that is just waiting for you to bring it into awareness so that you can transform it. So all of that judgment, all of that righteousness, that is the very clandestine operation constructed by ego wanting you to be in the resistance to going into yourself. It is there creating resistance to what is happening so that you stay in your judgments of others, stay in your fear of the chaos that is at the surface right now. It wants you to stay in your mental gymnastics, stay in your distrust of yourself, distrust of this amazing, although somewhat uncomfortable journey that you are on. That ego is there to ask you to continue to invest in the divisions on the planet to keep you activating the story of us versus them, to keep it alive. From a purely practical level, when we confront someone with our fear and rage, how in the world are we to expect them to return anything other than fear and rage? However, when we are doing our work and finding ourselves in greater and greater peace, greater love and acceptance, doesn't your love give permission for every single person you come in contact with to fall into their own love? to challenge their own ideas that the world is a threatening place and that there are bears everywhere? Does it not challenge everyone's ancient reflex that they have to be on guard all of the time, ready for an attack all of the time? And if you are the one where the attack never arrives, never shows up, isn't that paradigm shifting? Isn't that real change? 
And I am suggesting that that presence, that love, changes not only the people around you, the world around you, but an entire dimension. So it is your job to see your resistance to other people, maybe not seeing the light at the time that your mind wants them to, in the way that your egoic mind says it should be. And in fact, you judging someone for not changing their evil ways actually is your ego chatting up a storm. And if you are interested in really changing the world, well, your judgment maybe keeps it in stasis. Judgment is an egoic construct, a 3D construct linked to the survival of this body, this being. A good piece of transformational work, a necessary piece of work, the work that will unfold for you is to see your resistance to anybody else's pain. To look at your resistance, not their expressions of pain, is your place of work. Because that resistance, your resistance to other people's pain stories playing out, to the world playing out its pain stories, is actually the real opportunity to transform density, to transform pain, to dismantle a dimension. To not do so, to not look inward and use that opportunity to see your resistance to, well, anything, to not see your inability to accept is to maintain the 3D infrastructure. It is to feed your ego superstructure and be fooled and fool yourself into believing maybe that you're the good guy. And of course, there are no such thing as good guys and bad guys, only journeys out of density, only processes of transformation. So look at, feel, be with your resistance, your judgment, your lack of acceptance. That is just as juicy an opportunity for transforming as any other manifestation of fear in your own mind and body. Your non-judgment, your presence actually stops the density from playing itself out, from rebuilding itself, from solidifying itself. There is nowhere for fear to go in non-judgment, in acceptance. It fizzles, it sputters. There is no fuel for it. So your non-judgment, your acceptance, your pure compassion, it facilitates the transformation not only of your being, but of everything around you. Your ego is still trying to tell you, has been trying to tell you and to tell all of us for thousands of years that your non-judgment, that your inaction in thought, word, or deed is an expression of powerlessness. The feminine principle is trying to tell us, is telling us that having no thought, having no word, and having no deed is far, far more powerful than ego has been letting on. So... The message in brief is other people's stories, other people's pain, other people's resistance. That is not your business. To focus on another is an addiction, an avoidance, a distraction, a three-dimensional compulsion that keeps us locked in victimhood. That means your pain stories are your focus. Your ego is your landscape for transmutation to learn how to bring love and consciousness into your own pain. 
allow others to have theirs. Allow the globe to have hers. Allow the process to happen. Allow humans to slam up against their pain. And the flow of consciousness will happen in its own time, in its own way, as it always has. And we actually have a wonderful opportunity right now to really see the change, to witness it in a lifetime. I am hoping that knowing that will build trust, your trust in the flow of consciousness that is happening all around in a really apparent magical way. And to know that if you are looking at the others, then you are missing your opportunity to dive into your own 3D constructs, to transform your greed into generosity, or your judgment into acceptance, or your rage into compassion, or your fear into love. What better way is there to serve the globe, to serve humanity, and to serve the collective, and to serve the goddess, than to bring more love into your universe within? It is far, far, far more powerful than your ego will ever let on. Thank you.